I always look at dreams in terms of like those are all different parts of me. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, it feels doubly clear. And I also like the idea of the dice and the chance. And because because in the dream, I'm thinking there's no way I'm gonna like there's no way to catch that. It has to fall in your lap. And that's a little bit the messages that I'm getting all the time is like kind of stop running around trying to catch it. Like it's going to fall in your lap. You just have to wait for it. I spend a lot of mental energy about, you know, how and how and what. And maybe I should just uh, do whatever <laughs> and trust that, will, you know, that it will come through whatever I do. We're all alone And we're all one We're all alone We're all alone We're all alone Welcome to Alone Traveler's Guide to the Divine, a podcast for empaths, healers, dreamers, and seekers. My name is Amanda Lux, and I'm your host. I'm also the creator of the Elevation Hive School and Community Membership for Energy Medicine and Dream Work. In this podcast, I offer teachings and musings around energy medicine, polarity therapy, and dream work, as well as poetry, songs, and as you will be experiencing in today's episode, interviews with other individuals on their healer's journey who come to share a dream. So today's episode, I've invited Laure Porchet to share her dream with us. Laure is a polarity and constellation therapist who lives in France. She's also a dancer, poet, textile artist, and the creator of The Moonlit Path, which in her words is a 10-month creative course to expand your perception of yourself and the world. Laura is also the host of the Moonlit Path podcast, which is super awesome, and you should definitely check it out. In my show notes, there's a direct link, so go give her podcast a listen. But before I dive into the interview with Laura Porche and her super cool dream, which is titled The Golden Dice, I wanted to share that this episode is really broken up into three sections. One super interesting thing that comes up in Laura's dream is this idea around who are the characters in our dreams? Who do they represent? So in this first section, I'm going to be talking a little bit about that and I'll be offering a multi-layered approach to the roles that our dream characters can play. And with that, I'm also going to be discussing the morphic field or the knowing field as it's also called and how this can inform our dreams as well as our waking lives in a very profound way. In the second section, I'll be setting some groundwork for how to receive a dream using the elemental dreamwork method. And in the third section, I'll be interviewing Laura where she will share her dream. So as we begin, I just wanna share that it is my intention to offer not only a listening experience in this podcast, but to invite you on a journey, one where you do not have to travel alone. So rather than just passively listening, I invite you to be an active participator through this recognition that you belong to this shared and conscious field that is being woven here by you and all who listen, no matter where you are or when you are coming to this. So as we embark on this journey, 
I trust that you are going to find something in this dream or in this discussion that is specifically for you. And I invite you to pay attention and to look for that by noticing what's going on in your environment and in your body and your thoughts and your intuition along the way. Because the more consciousness that we bring to the theory and practice of this work, the more it deepens our participation and everything is a part of it. <laughs> it becomes embodied and experiential and phenomenological. So that means that anything that happens in the space where you are contributes to and arises from the intelligence of this field that we are sharing and invoking right now. And in addition, I would also like to offer this prayer that whatever occurs for you in this episode brings you some healing or amusement or connection. But most of all, may this playful work empower your life on all dimensions. Imagine that you're looking at the sky and you're watching a murmuration of starlings, a group of birds that are moving through the clouds as though they are one organism, changing direction, moving in such a synchronized pattern without a pattern, shifting from one way to another way as though they have some secret form of communication that is transferred instantaneously before they have time to mentally process or visually locate where each other are in this flock. They just move perfectly. How are they communicating? How do they know where to go and when to keep in this form, this perfect form? And there's been a lot of science around this, trying to explain these phenomena. And they found that even in packs of wolves or in families, we just know things. Before we could know them, we know them without having any visual or external evidence to initiate this knowing. We just know when something's happening. We know where somebody is or when they're about to return or when someone's staring at us from far away. We can feel it. Why? Why do we feel this? How do we know? Well, some say that this is because of what is known as the morphic field. Or, and this term was coined by Rupert Sheldrake, who taught biochemistry at Cambridge University. And he studied these phenomena in nature, really looking for that parallel between the collective unconscious that Jung talks about and how this happens in plant studies or also in human studies, that we have this knowing field or amorphic field that surrounds us, that extends beyond our physicality 
that has to do with the transfer of information instantaneously or precognitively. And if you listen to the second episode of this podcast, I talked about how we have an electromagnetic field with a positive and negative and neutral pole, just like the planet, just like magnets. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I invite you to go back for more reference on that. Because another way that Sheldrake talks about this field, this morphic field, is if you imagine that you're holding two magnets, and if you have the opposite ends facing each other and you draw them closer together, you're going to feel that pull far before they actually touch. And that time, that space before the magnets are touching, that's where their field is interacting. So if you imagine that we have this field surrounding our body, we could actually pick up information that enters our field from others nearby or with whom our energy is entrained or connected. And it's postulated that this might be how we could know when someone is staring at us behind our back or how we could pick up information that isn't conveyed through words or actions. And so I want to extend this imagination that we don't only have this in our own body, our own field, but in groups as well. Just like we see in a school of fish or an army of ants, there's this group conscious field where there's a transfer of information that's going on and an organized way that animals, nature, plants, humans are responding to one another. And another way that science has you know, been able to witness it is when they have rats or other animals in cages far, far apart from each other. And what they've found is that as soon as one group of rats learn, or one single rat even, learns a new thing, like breaks through to a new discovery, they find that that happens in rats thousands of miles away. They all have that discovery. So this shared conscious field, if you will, this morphic field is something that we can really tap into in group work such as constellation therapy, which is something that Laura Porche, who is our guest today, talks a bit about because she is a constellation therapist. And the way that works is somebody brings an issue, a life issue, a family issue, something that they want to work through, and a group of people will represent different aspects of their issue. And as the people who are tuning into the field take on these roles or these aspects, they will start to know things and say things and act in ways that they could never know consciously. They will say the exact words that that person's father used to say to them or have images or sensations or feelings come up in their body that are exactly what that person has experienced around this issue. So it's really powerful when you participate, but we've all experienced it in some way, whether that was with feeling someone staring at us or just knowing when somebody's going to call or having a dream about somebody and then they show up in your life randomly after 30 years. Like that kind of thing is so common and we just don't have any real solid explanation for it in science. But I love this idea of the morphic field. I think that's one of the closest ways that science has come to breaking through. So the reason why I wanted to bring this in to this episode, other than that I think it's just utterly fascinating, and I could talk about this all day long, 
is that Laura Porche is a constellation therapist. And so she mentions this in her description of her dream that you will be hearing shortly, how all of these different characters that are showing up in the space are really showing up as different aspects of her. And so I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because there are various different perspectives around who the dream characters that you meet in your dreams are. Who are they and who do they represent? And some of the different versions or, or ways that people try to look at this are one is that they, there is a belief that all the characters are made up by our own brain, our own psyche, and, and that we're just projecting And maybe Freud would say that, but I think according to Jung, he might talk more about how our dreams could be representing different archetypal qualities or symbolic aspects of ourselves, such as our shadow or our inner child or our deep-seated fears that we've not really processed yet. And then there's also visitation-type dreams where the main characters are not necessarily just symbols or symbolic aspects, such as people who've passed away, maybe we know them or we don't, or maybe they even have information for us that we couldn't otherwise know. Um, We could be meeting with ancestors or different spirits. And then there's also Tibetan dream or sleep yoga practices where they intentionally go and work with teachers, enlightened ones, bodhisattvas or devas. And then there's shamanic practices from around the globe and throughout history where people have reported meeting with different time travelers in their dreams or shapeshifters, animal spirit guides, higher selves, or alternate parallel selves, different beings from other worlds or dimensions even. So, you know, and you don't even have to be religious to meet with angels. I've met with the angel Gabrielle once in a lucid dream on my roof of my house. So I know you can meet with angels and all different types of beings. I've met with almost all of these types of beings in my dreams. And then, of course, spoken with other individuals who have had similar experiences and more than I could even mention here. It's it's vast. But ultimately, I just want to convey that I think it's really cool to allow for multiple possibilities to exist at the same time that we can interpret our dreams in a multi-layered way without discounting one version or another. And I like the idea that multiple things could be possible because sometimes we're not even dreaming for ourselves or as ourselves. We're actually in another dreamer's body or we're having a dream for somebody else. And this happens. This definitely happens. And I've heard many stories like this. So that's another possibility. So even while we are inhabiting somebody else's body, and one way you can find that out in a dream is just to ask, like, who am I? Look in a mirror. And sometimes you might, you know, discover that you are not yourself. And that's really interesting. So when we're not ourselves and we're somebody else, do we cease to be ourselves? Because we're still our own consciousness. How much of ourselves are we and how much of ourselves are, are they? <laughs> so, so just to like, you know, this isn't necessarily meant to be entertainment, although I find it really entertaining. It's meant to open up this, this realm of possibility for you to ponder who are the dream characters that you're interacting with. And I actually had a dream just last night. I had a dream 
and I had seeded my dream two nights before. I asked for a dream where I could know in the dream that I was dreaming. And those were the words that I used. And so two nights later, I had a dream where in the middle of this random dream, I suddenly realized that I was dreaming. I became lucid. And as soon as I became lucid, I looked at this, there was this random worker person passing me on a, on a stairwell and I looked at them and I just like broke through that wall of congeniality that where we don't stare at people. Cause I was like, I'm dreaming. This is my dream. And who is this guy? Like, how did he get here? Who, who is he? And I was just staring at him. And the funniest thing happened is the more I looked at him, the more like he started to, he, it, he realized I was staring at him and he got really uncomfortable and he started to back up the stairs like he was getting freaked out that I was staring at him in this really unconventional way. And like I was this uber conscious, you know, being just looking right through him and he started to become almost two dimensional. I noticed that he, he stopped feeling like a real person and he started to seem more like one of those, what they call like a non-player character in a video game. <laughs> I swear, I don't play video games, but my son does. So I, that was the first thing I thought of in the dream. I'm like, is he a non-player character? <laughs> is he just a stand-in? Is he even a real person? What is he doing here? He, he was just passing by. So I, didn't, I don't have any answers for that, but I think the mystery is far more interesting than any answer I could possibly make up for you. And I remember when I was a teenager... And I've been obsessed with dreams my whole life. This character in this book suggested that we could move through our waking lives as though we were in a dream and contemplating and, and meeting each character in our waking lives as though they were an aspect of ourselves. And I loved that, the game of that so much that I started thinking like that when I was a teenager. I started to observe what aspect of me are they playing? What are they showing me? What are they mirroring from inside my own psyche or my own soul that I haven't even contemplated yet? That I need to, what do I need to know? What do I need to learn from this? And we could even weave this into this whole concept of a field of intelligence that is shared, that is swimming around in this soup of intelligence that we can tap into at any time. And that in this consciousness soup. <laughs> We're all playing each other, mirroring each other. And we are all the center of the universe. And we are even the non-player characters <laughs> that are showing up. We're the inanimate objects. And what if even, even those have some kind of sentience or intelligence or reflection for us? And if there is this shared field of consciousness that could extend to other individuals or groups, could it not extend to all people and all beings and all things everywhere? I mean, why not? So I invite you to go on this dream adventure with me as we now move into just a little breakdown of the elemental dream work method, followed by the the Golden Dice, Laura's Dream. Ooh.
In the elemental dreamwork method, we are moving through each of the five elements which correlate to the five physical chakras in the body. And we are applying these qualities that each of the elements possess to a way of listening to and contemplating our dreams. And so the first one, the first element is the ether element, and that relates to the throat chakra. And when we listen to the dream, and you can do this with friends, family, clients, whomever, you want to first invite them to tune in to what's in the field. <laughs> Here's that word again. What's in the knowing field of their life that could be affecting the dream? And maybe this is something they were thinking about, talking about, something that's been on their mind, or perhaps they seeded the dream or they incubated the dream with an intention. Maybe they wanted to have a specific dream or ask for guidance around a specific issue. And so all of that would be in the ether of the dream, elemental dream work process. And the next level down is the air element, which rules the heart chakra and also our mind. And so when we get to the air element of the dream sharing process, we're asking the person to just think about and talk about and communicate what the dream was about. If you were by yourself, that would be writing it down in a dream journal, or it could be speaking it out loud into a, a recorder, or you could be sharing it with somebody in your life and just contemplating it or psychoanalyzing it from a mental perspective. From there, we step down into the fire element. So we go from, you know, the ether, what's in the field of this dream, to the air, which is the mental field, to the fire, which is the physical field. We're now stepping into a lower vibratory pattern, which is embodied. And so I invite in the fire of the, of the dream sharing process to tune into how you feel in your body as you tell the dream, as you contemplate it and share it. You know, what did you feel when you very first woke up in your body? And what do you feel now? Because there's a whole lot of information that is held in our physical bodies. And when we tune in somatically to the dream space, we get more, we, we get informed in a deeper way. And that could be um, sensations that are arising in the moment, or it could be sensations that we had in the dream space that are informing us. So that's just another layer, another way to glean information or insight or intuit insight uh, information from the dream space. And then from the fire, we move into the water element, which relates to the second chakra. And the water is that sort of deeper intuitive knowing. I often think of the sharing or the reflection that comes back to us once we have shared the dream or what's being reflected as we move through our waking lives now with that dream in our consciousness where the world is reflecting back. And then the last element is the earth element. And in the earth element, we're, we're really coming to the completion of this cycle. And we're, we're taking it into our lives now, maybe with some kind of action or ritual. How do we want to honor the dream? How are we going to take action based on what we learned from the dream? What do we want to create because of this dream? And it just takes then the information or the learning or the, it, and it deepens it to an embodied uh, way of living the dream. 
And so that's the final aspect of the elemental dream work process. And I just wanted to give you a little rundown of those in case this is your first time listening, but also because, you know, each time we contemplate each of these layers, it takes us somewhere. So I invite you to tune in to your own energy as you listen to Laura's dream as though it were your own. space a little bit before you share your dream just to kind of invoke the space and invite our guides and allies and just speak to the container that that this is for the highest good of all and that it's a safe and sacred space for you to share and so I really appreciate you being willing to share a dream it's a vulnerable thing and it's a beautiful uh, gift because when you share it it becomes our dream too a little bit so thank you. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. Cool. And so you brought a dream to share. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't usually plant seeds or have intent, but it's a pretty recent dream. It's like maybe a week old. Okay. And I'm in this. I'm in this phase in my life where I'm really reevaluating how I want to work and what I want to do, and like asking all those questions about who am I and what am I bringing to the world and how am I going to share it. And so that's kind of like the the environment that I'm in, the inner environment <laughs> that's happening. Got it. Okay. So as we as we move into the air of the dream process, I would love to hear the dream have you express it and share it and what you think of it um in the dream i'm i'm going with a friend i'm with a friend and we're going to to watch an audience like a trial um and then when we get there it's not a trial it's a guru um doing like a you know massive kind of conference um <laughs> many people everywhere and and the guru is like uh, Osho Light, you know, is like uh, very typical, all white with a beard and turban. And my friend says, oh, the best place to sit is by the wall. And then she sits and then she sits totally in a different place. And I'm like, OK. And and I see those some people are on are sitting on those very low chairs um, and I'm and I really like those chairs and I really want to find one of those chairs to sit in. And I can't find one. They're all taken. And there are piles of chairs that are all different. And I'm rooting through all those piles of chairs, trying to find the chair that I saw that I want to sit in. And I'm not finding it. <laughs> and I'm looking everywhere. I'm like, I, I really I can't find my place. I can't find my place. And in the dream, I'm thinking, well, this is a constellation thing. Uh, I can't find my place. You have that awareness in the dream. Oh, this yeah. is a constellation thing. Where is your place? Where is yeah. your chair? She yeah. says the best place is by the wall, but then she doesn't even sit there. Yeah. <laughs> you're seeing all these different chair options and you're taking in all the options. Yeah. Okay. And so I don't find the chair that I want. So I, I, I end up taking like two cushions and saying, okay, I'm just going to sit against the wall so that I can have something to lean on. 
um, and I try to sit next to someone who's playing a, a musical instrument, and it's really it's a really tight fit. And she says, "No, would you would you please uh, sit there where I can see you? Like I want to see you." And she calls me by my name, and I feel really acknowledged by that. I feel like, "Wow, she knows me!" Like what's you know, it's like a huge crowd. And how come she knows me? And I feel very like, wow, this is this is really nice. I feel very seen. Mm. And then, and so I haven't been listening to the guru all this time, right? Who's <laughs> been talking? I've been like fixated on the chair. And and then he throws in the crowd a golden dice or a golden die. I think you get, I guess you see. I never know in English. It's like, yeah. um, and I and I I gather that the one who catches it has the right to ask a question. And the dice is bouncing like at the speed of light everywhere. And I almost catch it and then don't because it's just too fast. And then this woman next, not far from him, catches it um, with a tool, with something, like some, some long tool, like she catches it. And she's really proud of herself. She's like, look, I caught it. And then when she goes to take it, the dice dissolves into confetti's or like some kind of leaves, leaves. And I'm and I wonder, and I'm thinking, oh, I wonder if this is because she didn't catch it with her hands; she caught it with a tool. And that's the end of that. So, when you very first like woke up from the dream, and as you as you're sitting with it now as well, it's probably evolved a little bit for you. I'm just curious, like, how do you feel? How do you feel in your body? Like, what do you feel when you sit with this dream? I feel my right side is really present I mean it usually is but I, I'm feeling it more than usual I guess um I feel a little activated just because of saying telling it you know to you like in this setting and zoom and um and I'm, I'm I, I, I feel amused I think it's really funny <laughs> I think it's a really telling dream and that, that makes me laugh. So you feel sort of activated a little bit just from bringing it in. And then you also really notice your right side of your body and that's normal for you, but you're really aware of that right now. Is there something, do you have a particular question that you are still pondering about the dream? Well, I wonder what the guru is about because really I didn't care at all about him the whole dream. Like he was like talking and teaching and it was like my chair my chair and then the person with the music and then and then the die but I didn't you know it, it didn't feel like oh I have to listen to this person yeah I'm curious about the, the relationship you know if there is a relationship and I'm also curious about the fact that I I, I went into this room or this place thinking I was going to watch a trial and I thought, I think that's really interesting. I don't know why it's really interesting, but it it feels very interesting to me. Yes. Yeah. Um, that that transformed into that. <laughs> a trial. And what is what does trial mean to you? Well, it brings the idea of, of judgment, obviously. Um, and and you know what's good, like good and bad and right and wrong, and notions that I'm not really fond of in general. And just like the complete opposite between what I was expecting, which is like a very kind of dark room with, you know, very serious. And then this kind of like hippie crowd sitting on the floor and chairs of all sizes. And then it's like white guru, like all, all dressed in white. Um, 
because I think it's really funny. Moving into the, you know, the water element of the process here. The fire is sort of, how does it feel in your body? What's coming up for you? And then tuning into the water of the dream. I'm really just going to try it on as though it was my dream and just like feeling into it. The first sort of thing that I wonder is what aspects of these characters are, what's important about how they're embodying a reflection of myself or a part of my own life or my own psyche versus like, are they guides or sometimes it's both simultaneously, of course, too. But when I try it on, I think like about that aspect of, of me as the guru, right? And I also love the, that you have that thought like, oh, this is so constellation when you're looking for the, <laughs> in the dream, you know, that you're looking for the right seat. Where do you go? Where do you put yourself in the mm-hmm. scene? And the question ultimately of like, who is the guru or what is. Yeah. And maybe should I not be focusing on him rather than on all the chair options? You know, that's just not going like, to, not going to make a big difference which chair I sit in. Yeah. I mean, also in the context of what you were saying, where your life is sort of like you're contemplating how to show up in your business. Where do you put yourself? And being seen, right? There's something about that, being seen and known. I think there is always something about when we are sharing our work too, there is that whole, I don't want to have to be the guru or... Yeah, no, very, very active thought in my mind all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Be careful with that. Right, for sure. The expert or the guru. Yeah. How does that feel? Like when I just reflect all of that? It feels very, it feels very good and, um, and relevant, um, in terms of like other things that I'm, or like other messages that I'm getting through work that I'm doing for myself and, um, that there's really kind of reassemble, like a reassembling of some parts of me that need to kind of settle together before I go out and do something about it. Um, but yeah, I, I do see like the, there's, there's definitely something about acknowledgement and it feels, when I'm thinking about the dream, it feels uh, very clear. Like I always look at dreams in terms of like, those are all different parts of me. Yeah. But in this case, it feels doubly clear. Yeah. To me. <laughs> and I also like the idea of the dice and the chance. And because in the dream, I'm thinking there's no way I'm going to, like there's no way to catch that. It has to fall in your lap. And that's a little bit the messages that I'm getting all the time is like kind of stop running around trying to catch it. Like it's going to fall in your lap. You just have to wait for it. <laughs> and and I'm thinking also maybe stop um, focusing so much on the chairs. That's that's what I'm, you know, and, and ultimately in the dream, that's what I did. I was like, this is stupid. Like I'm just going to take, you know, I'm, I'm missing what's happening because I'm so focused on the damn chair. Right. And so yeah. that's something that I definitely could bring into my life because I I spend a lot of mental energy about, you know, how and how and what. Right. Um, and maybe I should just uh, do whatever <laughs> and trust that, will, you know, that it will come through whatever I do. Yeah. I, it feels like when I try on the dream, it feels like for me, the, the takeaway, I love what your takeaway is making that connection of, maybe to stop focusing on all the chairs 
or the tools or the things, right? It's like, oh, I can just sit down and listen and I'll get when it's my time, the die will come to me or I'll get what I need. There's something about that. And you'll be recognized. You know, you will be seen. That feels like a, a power piece to me of recognition. Yeah. So very cool. And, and then, then just to bring it into the earth, is there anything that you want to do in your life to honor the dream specifically or any action that you might want to take around it? Well, I kind of like that, that image of the dye. Um, I might, I might work on it in textile. Um, um, cause I was thinking I could, I could embroider it on, I could do a piece around it. And now I'm thinking I could make like a 3d fabric dye, but I would need like a gold fabric. <laughs> so I might need to get some gold fabric now. <laughs> There's a lot of like, golden unreal- dye. I just yeah. like get so lit up when you say that. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I know I get, I, I do a lot of textile work around my dreams. And that's yeah. also what I do with my people in the moonlit past. They've been doing that. And they're like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so that's, yeah, that's, that's inspiring for me. Like the, the golden dye is a, it's really strong. It was a really strong image in the dream. Like I, I rarely have those kind of symbolic objects in my dreams. It's not so. Yeah. Um, and so it was like, wow, this is. It's cool when you get an actual symbolic object, like for sure. And then the fact that you're an artist and you could then do a representation of that. And then that, again, that takes that energy of the dream and, and yeah. brings it even more forward into your life and, helps process what that is. And I don't know, it feels like a magical higher self access key, you know, ask any question if you're holding the golden die, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I want that on my altar, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. You want to bring it with you in classes, like- Totally. Wear it in a medicine pouch. I don't know. (laughs) Giant, giant golden (laughs) die. Wear it on a big chain. Um, I made a like I made a felt heart with a with a tree growing out of it um, before when, before my first class for the Moonlit Path mm. as a and, it, and it's like a, it's an anchor it's like a three D object and it's a it's definitely it's like a safety blanket. <laughs> I have it right here. I like how you said that it's an anchor. It's like an anchor to that that energetic frequency mm-hmm. that came through in your in your dream. It's really mm-hmm. cool to have that. I also paint and create from my dreams almost exclusively. Everything that I have made so far has been based on a dream or a conscious dream journey. But I find that that as a process, it's like I don't have any interest in painting anything else. Yeah, right. (laughs) I'm trying to explore that actually and get into like more abstract art and stuff. But but I just love painting my dreams because I love the process of what comes from that and creating something from the dream then like anchors that energy or it furthers the the learning and the growing it's interactive yeah it does it does further the the process and I I do I I make pieces from dreams and from um work that I do with with facilitators and therapists for myself like moments that I have in in workshops or sessions um to kind of anchor like things that come to me in those moments and also because as you make it, um, also when you work with textiles, it's really slow. So it's like it gives time to your soul to kind of digest the, yeah. the, what's going on. But also as you make it, 
um, your subconscious shows you things in how you're making it. <laughs> yes, totally. So true. So true. So cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing your dream. I loved your dream. <laughs> thank you for, for mirroring it and, and trying it on. Really appreciate yeah. it. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this, Laura. I really appreciate you and what you're doing and what you're offering. And definitely, if you're listening to this and you're interested in checking out her stuff, then you should fully go to her website. So my website is uh, moonlitpath.space. Okay, sweet. And the Moonlit Path is your 10-month program. Yes, awesome. Well, definitely check that out. And thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. For having me. super interesting that she thought that she was going to be heading into a trial. And in the ether of her dream, she mentioned that she's been preparing to launch some programs online. Putting yourself out there online or putting out a podcast takes a lot of effort. You have to expose yourself. <laughs> and especially for those of us who are in the healing arts, that can it can feel like you're heading into a trial. Lo and behold, it was this more like this guru sitting on a stage that had this golden die. And of course, when she first enters, she's not looking at the guru. She's looking at where should she sit, which she commented was very much like um, a constellation, right? Where do you put yourself in the field? Where do you belong? Where are you in relationship to the guru on the stage or to the woman with the instrument, the artist or the audience? So there's this element of um, trying to figure out where to put yourself in relation to all these other players and roles that you are playing in your own life. And that can be a distracting thing, right? We can actually spend a lot of time wandering around, wondering what platform to put this on or how much energy to put into Instagram. And of course, with that, there's all these tools, shiny tools, you know, and we're playing a game of chance. Will we be heard? Will we, will we get recognized? Will we be witnessed? Will people see us for who we are? And do we have to be a guru? We don't want to be that, <laughs> you know? So Laura even says, I don't want to be the guru. <laughs> and at the same time, you know, we want to catch that die. There's this game of chance when you put yourself out there that you'll be discovered or you'll be witnessed. And there's a chance that you won't. And, and, you know, there's a lot of quote unquote shiny tools out there that, you know, are offering to elevate us to that guru status. But, you know, do the tools work in her dream? The tool disintegrated. And so the question is, is that I, I think the we don't need to worry about where we are sitting in, in the field of our life here. We don't need to worry about what platform or whether we're in a chair or on the floor or against the wall. And we don't need the tool. 
ultimately, we are all of these players. We are the guru. We are our higher selves. We are the the artist and the witness. And ultimately, I think her takeaway was she will be seen, and that her work will get across to the people that it, that need to catch it. You know, and、um, I just thought, what a brilliant. Brilliant dream! What a brilliant play of all of those different roles, and I certainly related to her dream in all of those ways. And I'm curious how you related to Laura's dream. I would love to know. So much for listening to the third episode of Alone Traveler's Guide to the Divine with our dream guest Laura Porche. Please check out the links to her offerings in the show notes. I appreciate you listening, sharing this podcast with a friend, and giving maybe a few stars or a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you might be listening because that would be so helpful and supportive. I invite you to send me an email to b at elevationhive.com. That's b e at elevationhive.com. If anything in Lore's dream or this episode resonated with you, as I would love to know, and if you would like more information about our Patreon, our membership, or our upcoming classes and workshops, please go to elevationhive.com. Thank you so much for participating in the knowing field of our conscious journey that we are weaving here together through this podcast, and may this deepen your own inquiry and exploration of your night dreams, your energy, and the waking dream of your life in the best and highest way possible. <laughs>